Darcy Waldegrave, Sports Talk host, is with us. Hey, Darcy. Hello, Heather DePlessy-Allen, host of Heather DePlessy-Allen Drive on Newstalk ZB. How are you? <laughs> oh, Lord. I see you're back to that level of energy. <laughs> Sorry. Shall I back Darcy, up the truck a wee bit? Is this, is this on account of you enjoying um, Canterbury smash Wellington? Well, they didn't smash Wellington. They got away with it by the skin of their teeth. I still can't quite work out how they managed to win that game. It was an astonishing game of uh, Super Smash Cricket in Dunedin with no crowd. And as you've said, uh, Canterbury managed to get through uh, to the final. They'll be uh, taking on the Brave in a couple of days' fine, a time in that final. But like Wellington did so well. The opening over, Wellington went out there, two sixes, two wickets. It was the strangest opening over you've ever seen. Then a fantastic partnership for the third wicket that went on and on and on. Eventually 190 they scored. And somehow, out of nowhere, after really staggering in the middle stages of this particular fixture, Canterbury just stood up and said, yeah, not on my watch. They, they needed like 13 or 14 and over for the last six or seven overs. And they did it. And you've got to look to uh, a couple of their key players that have been key players right the way through this uh, tournament for Canterbury who have come through. And uh, Shipley with the ball has been one of them. Uh, but uh, Fletcher, who's been amazing with the bat, 63 off 25 deliveries. And uh, Leo Carter, 44 off 30, broke the hearts of Wellington, who've had this habit this season of getting off to a great start, getting out of the traps, and then not being able to close at the end. It's come back to bite them. So uh, the Canterbury Tide are through now to that final. And currently, we've actually got another game going on as well. And that is the knockout game um, for the women's Super Smash. Uh, the men played first, the women played second. I can't give you an update. It's a Sparks-Hearts game anyway, um, mm. and they're waiting to take on the Wellington side that have gone unbeaten through that season. That's going to be tough work. But yeah, it was a, it was a blistering game of cricket. It really was. Now, um, I don't really understand why Wellington had to lose its game, its, its cricket game, in order to protect the cricketers from Omicron. How does that work? Um, you'll have to ask David White that. I, <laughs> I wanted to get him on to ask him the same yeah. thing. But it was just a Zoom call earlier on today. Uh, what they say, it was part of a contingency plan designed to safeguard the health of all participants and reduce the chances of the matches or series being jeopardised. That is a, a yeah. So, what, so Christchurch gets a couple, gets two games, and it, it basically gets Wellington's game. Does that is that because they're trying to avoid jumping on the plane or something? Well, I suppose they're just trying to the less movement, the better. I'm, I'm putting myself in the mind of New Zealand cricket. They're thinking the less exposure chance they have, the less chance or possibility they have of finding themselves in the, although from what I can tell from the way Omicron is moving everyone's going to get it caught up in its web anyway regardless of where they are uh, but they're, they're trying their best so uh, Queenstown does well but they uh, pick up uh, a pile of games out of this um, and uh, the Netherlands too how, I mean, how are they going to run this with, with, with uh, crowds? Are, are people able to go to the games or no? I think they're still looking at the possibility of bringing in small groups uh, like the group of 100. But the, the, with the spectators, these pods they have, they've got to have separate entry and egress. They've got to have separate bathroom facilities. They've got to have uh, separate concession stands. So there's a, a lot of work to go in there. They're, they're currently, I'll use the term, exploring the concept of having multiple pods, no more of 100 spectators in each pod, uh, which is a very odd situation, but that is the government guidelines. And I think that Super Rugby are looking at doing a similar thing um, to try and get people along there in some way, shape or form to watch it. Yeah, well, you can, I mean, at least at least they might get some crowds, which is not a bad thing. Listen, very quickly, Hamish Bond retiring, not really a surprise, eh? Because he was definitely starting to show signs that he was kind of moving on a wee bit. 
show signs, what, winning a gold in the eight at the Olympic Games. Going that's into a, the bicycling, a, you know. That's a, well, he went into biking and he did so well on that. When he yeah. picked up a medal at the Commonwealth Games, he goes, you know what, I'm going to chuck my carcass in an eight and see what happens. And the way they managed to get that eight up and running and what they did that to go through rapid charge, they had a last chance a regatta over in Switzerland because they didn't qualify the first time around. They squeezed in. He stood down from being the male flag bearer uh, for that the last minute schedule change so he could prepare his team for the competition. And then they did mm. something in the blue ribbon sport. And, and they won in the eights and it caps off nothing short of freakish. And, yeah, he's uh, amazing. I'll be talking to Eric Murray on the show later on uh, cool. about what he actually is and what he's done and their interesting relationship over the time, Heather. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Das. Thanks, Heather. Yeah, <laughs> on Sports Talk this evening, hosting at 7 o'clock tonight. And by the way, we are going to speak to Hamish at around about 25 to 6. Stay tuned.